smarter than he. Who doesn't remember Flipper? That beautiful dolphin. Welcome back to Range Anxiety, your 30 years of automotive tuning experience and general mucking around with cars in there or thereabouts 30 minutes coming at you once or twice or three times a week. And what a great intro that was. Who doesn't remember that dolphin as a kid? I mean, only the oldies would remember Flipper, you know, oldies like me. Oh, such wonderful times, Flipper, Bewitched, Get Smart, all those great I Dream a Genie, all those great TV shows. But today isn't about television shows. Today is about the beautiful, graceful, and ever so popular art of flipping. So what is it? What is flipping? I mean, we've all been guilty of it from time to time, even I have. Flipping is what's growing this amazing, uh, what do you call it, COVID tax secondhand car industry at the moment. There, You can split it up into several different groups. There are those that are doing the flipping, there are those that are doing the buying, there are those that are reflipping, and there are those that are just hodling and holding these vehicles in the hope that it's going to provide them their superannuation in years to come. Well, it may and it may not. I may have some bad news for you. Um, but again, don't listen to everything I say. This is just my opinion and far from fact and, uh, well, not far from fact, far from guaranteed. And of course, is not financial advice. I am not qualified in that department. So please do your own research after listening to Range Anxiety. So what is a flipper? Apart from uh, a very smart mammal uh, that eats little fish and makes television shows, a flipper is someone that scours secondhand classifieds, normally the really shitty ones, the ones that you don't need to pay to advertise on, and they go looking for automotive bargains. And they mainly, they, you know, a lot of the time they have several different names, several different logins, several different, you know, email addresses to keep sort of under the radar uh, because, you know, if the people selling these cars constantly see the same name coming up 50 times and then they've got 50 ads advertising the same thing, it's like, brr, hashtag scam alert. Um, so what a flipper does is they buy cars cheap. Now, the good flippers will then uh, provide uh, to do some work, you know, uh, to, to fix the cars up and, you know, do some trim work, do some mechanical work, neaten them up, make them a bit more drivable, you know, than they were, and then double the price and re-advertise them. Photograph them differently, make it look like a different car, maybe change the plates on them even, and just re-advertise. Now, you know, if you're putting work into a vehicle and selling it for fun and profit, there's nothing really wrong with that. Problem is, it's got well out of hand. You know, there are people now that are professional flippers, and all they do is go around scouring through, you know, cheap second-hand ads, buying, you know, cars that aren't in the best condition, possibly not telling the entire truth about them when they're selling them and just reselling them. But because of this whole COVID thing, there's people just lapping it up and up and up and paying uh, basically whatever these guys and girls are asking for these flipped cars. Now, again, there's nothing wrong with that. If you want a certain type or make of car and there's there one in front of you and you believe the price is reasonable, don't 
you know, don't hesitate. Buy the car. I mean, just because someone else is making a bit of money out of it and getting essentially paid for the work they've done on it, that's not a bad thing, you know, but such is uh, the boredom and the extra stimulus that in terms of financial stimulus that the COVID lockdowns and shutdowns have given us, plus they've taken away uh, people's ability to spend money on stuff like travel. That's a big one. You know, $6 billion a year leaving this country in the travel industry, or so I have been told, has essentially the taps have been turned off. So there's $6 billion more out there uh, that can be taken amongst, you know, other things, but by the flippers. And it's rife. So what's happening is because people are thinking, oh, well, I can't, uh, you know, go and drink bintang in Bali and won't be able to possibly for some time. Um, why don't we get ourselves a fun car to cruise around in on the weekends and, you know, it'll all be cool. Well, why not? Why not indeed? It's worth a shot, isn't it? So people are paying and the more people pay and the more people want, the price goes up. You know, the flipper's price goes up when they buy two. The whole thing is supply and demand. Supply and demand, supply and demand, supply and demand. You know, it happens. So the prices go up and up and up. And this is what we've seen happening. People are, you know, hankering for these old cars. They really want a piece of the action. They really want one of these in their shed. They really want to guarantee their own future and the future of their children by you know, having these cars. And unfortunately, uh, you know, if you ever played that kid's game at a, a, a party, uh, the, the music stops somewhere and someone's going to be left without a seat. The reason I know this and the reason it's a fact is that nothing goes up forever. Nothing, nothing, nothing goes straight up. So things have a bit of a retrace and we're starting to see that a little bit as secondhand car prices soften off uh, at the moment. You know, the, the Porsches were a big thing three or four years ago before COVID and COVID tax hit. And, you know, Porsche prices are starting to soften for average cars. Good cars will always command a premium, you know, and it, it doesn't matter if they're being flipped and, and you know, or by who, if it's a good car and it, it's got some um, provenance or some history to it, it's always going to be worth money, right? Don't get me wrong. But it's the shitbox things that have been touched up by car yard, like, you know, fill-in painters have got Harley gear oil putting the engines to stop them rattling and the interiors have been glued back together. They're the ones that are going to fall in a big hole. And so they should because they're essentially shit. Yes. Now... It's not so much just the quality of these cars that are being flipped out there. I mean, eventually we're going to run out of uh, 50-year-old men that wear uh, fitted white T-shirts that are way too tight for them with no hair that are buying this stuff, buying this junk and, you know, putting their first XYZ brand in the shed. But there's some other big influences that are going to change us too. At the moment, the flipper gets to live a wonderful life as far as the government's concerned, is because there's no tax on buying and selling cars. Everything else you can do, whether it's buying or selling Bitcoin or buying and selling anything or anything through a business, you pay tax on it. And if it's an asset and you sell it, you pay capital gains tax. However, vehicles are excluded from this, right? Well, in Australia, I don't know what your laws are if you're listening to me in America, but in Australia, you don't have to pay tax on a secondhand vehicle or any vehicle when you sell it. Of course, it's secondhand, but you're selling it, right? But here's a crazy thing. If you've got a boat and you sell it and you make a profit, 
you pay capital gains tax. I don't know why that is, because I don't know anyone that's ever sold a boat and made a profit. You know, <laughs> you know if, it, if it floats, you know, you're going to lose sort of thing. There was a little bit more to that statement I just made, but it's a t- teeny bit sexist. And range anxiety is all about gender equality. Men and women, when it comes to cars, can be equally as stupid as each other. There you go. You heard it from me here first. So if the government decides that there's way too much money being made out of this stuff, like they did with crypto here a couple of years ago, there will be taxes involved in selling cars. And if that happens, or should I say when that happens, because let's face it, governments at the moment have got massive stimulus debts to pay back you know, and they've got to get money back in the coffers somehow, and it's you and I that will be paying for it, and they're looking for any way they can. So I would predict in the next 12 to 18 months that there'll be some sort of tax uh, put on profits made on secondhand cars. It'll be a little bit tricky um, for the governments. They're going to have to change the way cars are bought and sold secondhand because a lot of the time they cannot even be registered in the flipper's name and go straight from one owner to the next, even though the flipper's held them for three to six months. So they're going to have to change the way paperwork's done at point of sale. But, uh, you know, with the millions and millions and millions that are on offer for the government coffers, or maybe even billions, I would suggest uh, that these things will be put into place uh, very quickly and uh, very effectively. Again, you heard it here first. Should that happen, the price of secondhand cars will plummet. Absolutely, because no one wants to get into the flipping game when they've got to pay tax on it, and they might as well just go back to work, you know, and just do their regular job and make their regular income. So that's one thing that can happen to this secondhand car bubble at the moment. I mean, you know, we might run out of old people that want to look like James Dean driving around an old Porsche. Eventually that will happen. You know, the market will dry up. And, you know, all of the newbies that come along, if they're going to, you know, have substantial hits, because often flippers sell to flippers sell to flippers, you know, there's a multi-level flip, you know, and the guy that obviously makes the most money is the one that gets the car out of the bin, the tip turkey, as we call them, in the first place. The bin chickens normally make the most money out of it. And it's fine. Like I said, it's good. It's legal. People do it all the time, all around the world. But once there's tax involved, that's going to change everything. What I think is also going to change everything quite significantly, uh, and again, it's got to do with COVID, is vaccination. People are going, huh? You know, I'm not having the jab, whatever. Who cares if you have the jab or not? Fact is, there are companies, uh, companies, well, they are like a company after Brexit. There are countries like the UK now that are now accepting international flights in from the US or, you know, wherever, other parts of the EU. They're open for business because they've got their 70% vaccination rate. So people in these other countries aren't locked at home anymore and have other things they can actually spend their money on other than sitting there looking for cars out of the bin. So I think the smart flipper or the smart buyer, more to the point, if you're looking for a car for yourself, will have a look at what's happening over the next couple of months to use car prices, flipper style cars, you know, classics, collectible classics, things with patina, that means rust, uh, by the way, and flaky paint and, and a shitty interior and a dash cluster that doesn't work. Patina. Have a look at what happens to used car prices in the UK once people have got other things to spend their money on and can travel again. I'm betting that we've already peaked and things are going to take a start to take a stagnating consolidation period or downward turn. 
Now, UK is just the beginning. Other countries are going to be open for business as well. You know, a whole of it, like France and the US is going to open. And eventually, eventually, Australia will open back up. I mean, we can't keep doing this forever. Eventually, we're going to have to reach that certain vaccination point where we are open for business. And once we're open for business and there are many other things to spend that hard-earned or saved stimulus that we've all had, uh, uh, there aren't going to be as many flipped cars Add to that a tax, uh, when you do flip them or when you buy a flip car, there's capital gains involved. All of a sudden, they don't become a very good investment. And unfortunately, that's what people are buying a lot of these cars for is as an investment. My kids will never have to work if I buy this, you know, ABC brand car and put it in the shed. But you could be well bloody wrong and you could be left with a rusty pile of shit that needs constant upkeep, moving around, not flat spot the tyres, battery charging, wiping up oil off the floor. You know, it happens. I've owned a few cars in my time and, you know, you sit on them for a while, they eventually become a big pain in the ass. Yep, again, you heard it here first. Well, maybe you already know this. You know, having one or maybe two's all right, but having ten... I mean, I know people that have sold commercial properties to avoid paying, you know, land tax every year to, to, to buy these cars and put them in the one, you know, warehouse they've got left. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to go when you want to cash them in and the government's going to take more than you probably would have been paying in the land tax and you're not getting any rent for a car. Yeah, I don't know how smart that is. Another influencing factor has been, and this is quite informative today, I'm sounding quite professional here, has been the semiconductor shortage, which is, um, yeah, it's real, but what a load of crap. What happened is when, in a nutshell, I like that, in a nutshell, Austin Powers used to say that a lot, um, what happened is when COVID hit in March 2020 and everyone panicked, hit the stop buttons, there were, you know, there's only a couple of, or a few handful of companies in the world that make semiconductors chips, you know, not the chips you put sold on and eat, but chips for infotainment systems, dash clusters, you know, important parts of cars these days. And all of the big manufacturers hit the stop button thinking they weren't going to sell a car. So the semiconductor companies were like, well, we're plowing these things out still. What we'll do is we'll go and do some deals with other companies uh, that aren't automotive-related to sell all of our semiconductors, and they signed up all these big, long-term contracts, and uh, they're pumping away their semiconductors, and all of a sudden, car sales went through the roof because of all of the stimulus measures, and we can't travel, we might as well get a new car. No one predicted this, right? And uh, so the car companies ring up the semiconductor companies and go, hey, uh, that contract I cancelled... Um, can we reinstate that supply, please? And the semiconductor companies have gone, well, no, we can't because, you know, it's, they're gone somewhere else. And when they're gone somewhere else, they're gone somewhere else. And we're at capacity. Sorry, you're going to have to wait for, you know, what's going on. Yeah, that's great. So, you know, that that is just is what it is. And that's why semiconductor companies are the way they are at the moment. And car supply is what it is at the moment. Eventually, it'll come to status quo. Uh, and, you know, you've got people like Biden saying, oh, we've got to ensure our semiconductor supply, da-da-da-da-da. And, yeah, you've just, you know, 
it is a terrible mess. But the terrible mess the car companies were in were caused by the car companies. You get me? Hmm. It is what it is. Right. So, on to next course of business. Once we've actually finished with this. Once there's enough supply of cars. I mean, I went to buy a, a, a work ute um, two months ago. Anyone else was doing it because, you know, they wanted to buy their assets before the end of tax time, which is fair enough. And there were people with three-year-old uh, Mitsubishi Tritons wanting new price for them because there was no new delivery. So you know what I said? Stuff that. I'm not interested. You know what I mean? Yeah. Doesn't work. Doesn't work very well. But it will all change. And all of this shit will fall in the bin and there will be a correction. Markets go through corrections. Cars go through corrections because cars are now officially a market. You get me? Right. Now you're listening. So yeah, be careful before you rush out and spend your life savings on this car that's going to make you a fortune in the long run. Don't buy cars because you're going to make money off them long term out of a flipper. Buy cars because you want them and you enjoy driving them. I think that's the smartest thing to do right now. Mm. Anyway, that's my thoughts on it. Like I said, I may be right, I may be wrong, but beware of the tip turkeys because they will take you for everything you got and they don't sit on this crap for very long at all. Okay, on to next business. A guy we know that runs, you know, it's always, it's never an epicast by me uh, without talking about Tesla for a little bit. A guy we know that runs, we don't know him well, but we know of him that runs the Tesla Plaid channel on YouTube has just, he's done over a thousand passes in his Model S Raven. One thousand passes. Okay. Yeah. Big. He has just picked up his plaid. Now, this guy's a good drag racer. He was capable of, of pretty much beating, you know, anything by knowing how to stage correctly, even though the, the Raven didn't have a lot of top end and he was trapping, I think he's, you know, a mid, mid to high 120s. He was beating 140 mile an hour cars. <clears throat> he knew how to stage. He knew how to launch properly. He knew how to, uh, he just knew how to drag race. And those of you that can drag race and do know how to drag race will know what I mean. You either know how to do it or you don't, right? So, you know, it is what it is. So, he's now got a he's now got a plaid, and he's gone. He, I've seen him take it to the track now. Now we took it out there first night, and like you do, you know, when you got a car, he drove it straight from the dealership. Two hours in, like all of these crazy plaid guys do, he drove it straight from the dealership straight to the track and started racing. I think he charged it up, you know, near one hundred percent, and did like forty passes in his first night, and no, it didn't blow up, and yeah, like, he, he played around with various modes, and, and didn't use drag strip mode all of the time, I think he got a 9.3 or something, he took some passengers for a ride, and he did all of that, you know, cool stuff that people with a brand new car do, he wasn't taking it super serious though, but he was, he was knocked out by the actual top end that this thing was delivering, you know, like, he, he was doing half, essentially, he was doing near on at half track at the eighth mile, uh, the trap speed that his Model S Raven was doing at the quarter mile. So, you know, he was trapping in 121 or 122 or something. And, you know, the Raven was only trapping about 127 at the end. A few things we picked up from looking at it is that across the 60 foot, the 
plaid in standard form seems to be no quicker than the Raven. All comes down to torque management and traction control. There's only, there's only so, uh, you can only move so much weight so fast on so much tire with so much power. And this is exactly what's going on there, right? Yeah. It's physics. We love physics. Physics is the rule. Everything else is just a suggestion. Quote E. Musk. He's dead right too. But as soon as you pass that 60 foot, wow, wow, wow. It just goes mental and off into the distance goes the plaid. So you can see that all of the time in this car, because there's going to be no specific power-ups right now, all of the time in that car is going to come from maybe the first 100 feet as the car ramps the power in or the first 60 feet or 80 feet or whatever it is. So it's going to be off the plate and onwards is where everything comes from. And interestingly enough, the Tesla Plaid channel had a set of lightweight rims with needles. Yeah, ready to go on the back of the car. And uh, so we could see what it actually did down the quarter mile with full traction. Now I'm tipping, he... he he didn't do it. I don't know why it didn't happen, but the wheels and tyres were there, but they weren't put on the car that night. Now, being a savvy drag racer, I'm tipping that what happened, uh, not I'm the savvy drag racer, the owner of the plaids is the <laughs> savvy drag racer. I'm tipping what happened is, is he looked at the track and he looked at his state of charge and he looked at all of the other variables because he goes to this track a lot and thought, I'm not, I'm not going to get the very best out of this car in these conditions if I put on these drag radials right now. So what I'll do is I will wait until it's a better night and I'll be able to get myself another 20 minute a video out of it, uh, you know, a 30 minute video, get some more clicks and probably pay for another plaid should I need one. You see, smart up there for thinking, down there for dancing. Hmm, okie dokie. So it's coming, and, and I'm saying, uh, my prediction now is I thought um, drag times, uh, we're going to be the first uh, into the eights. I mean, they make some good, you know, they make some good content, and Brooks, you know, he seems like a top bloke, but he doesn't seem as drag-focused and, and as set up as the Tesla Plaid channel are. So I'm tipping within the next week to week and a half, Tesla Plaid channel will be the first um, owners of a plaid to take one into the eights or go scary close to it. And what's cool about this setup is that they, they, they never stripped their old Raven. They never took anything out of the interior. You know, they got the wood trim dash option and, you know, having the plaid too, which is a bit bleh. But, you know, they've got the wood trim dash option and all of that crap. So they, they, they will do this at full weight. You know, maybe take the charging cable out of the boot, but they'll be mucking around with tyre pressures, they'll be mucking around with um, whereabouts on the track left to right, not in the lanes, but when you're actually in the lane, whereabouts you stage to launch prepped versus light, you know, heavy prep versus light prep, other people's tyre marks, all of those sorts of things that a savvy drag racer goes through, uh, the Tesla Plaid Channel will go through. So, you know, I'm pretty excited to see what comes of all of this. And, and I think you should be too. I mean, if you know, if there's an eight second actual production car that you can buy for, you know, less than the cost of a house, I can, it's a great thing. And anyway, look, that wraps us up for today, but thanks for your feedback. Thanks for listening to Range Anxiety. Remember, send your feedback to DTEC, D-T-E-C-H at S-E-N-E-T dot -E -E com 
www.ruthvelvet.com.au. They will all be answered, all of your emails. And even if you don't like what we do on this uh, Epicast, make sure you tell us about it because I love it. So thank you once more for listening to Arrange Anxiety.